Algar Productions. Despite the title, the following podcast is most decidedly not for kids. This is the Kids Love Batman Beyond podcast with your hosts, Maggie Robotham and Ron Algar Watt. Episode 86, Meltdown and Heroes. Hello, pals. I am Al. I am Maggie. And we're here once again to explore the wonderful future of Batman Beyond. Yes. The far-off future of 20... I don't... It's 2019 sticks in my head for some reason, but that can't possibly be right. That's probably not it. In my head, it's just the year 2000, you know? Yeah. I mean, the show was made in 1999. Like, when we get to season two, it will be the year Mm -hmm. 2000 in the production cycle. Yeah. But, like, the way Gotham was so... Like, in the animated series, was so timeless that it could be, like, any time. Yeah. Now, Batman Beyond is any time but the future. Well, yeah. And we've already said it's the future of the 80s, Mm -hmm. so... That sort of makes it timeless in an, in itself. So, uh, this was a good. I mean, so far the show has been like a hundred percent. I would say. Yeah, I have been yeah. having difficulty finding bad things. In fact, I didn't find one for Meltdown. I, I noticed. I I logged into our document and saw just the cursor blinking. Yep. At bad thing parentheses Maggie, and you're just like, hmm. Call that a metaphor for uh, a lot of things. <laughs> just a cursor blinking in front of something I've got to write. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I, I'm i the one that usually holds us up these days, so, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that's great. What a what a wonderful actual future we live in. Let's live uh, in this future instead. It's uh, this future looks so much better. It does. It looks better, and, like, the evil billionaires are at least interesting, mm-hmm. and, like, there's billboards for communism around. Yep. You know, it's Try communism. Bad. Yeah, that appeared to be what was happening. Mm-hmm. It's, it's in the second episode, and it's just like a blink-if-you-miss-it thing, but... Uh, it's a it's a very Soviet style worker holding a hammer and and a font that looks vaguely mm-hmm. like uh, like like Russian writing. Yep, and it just says like work or something like that. Go to work. Soviet Union has reformed. Mm-hmm. Really? All right. Yeah, we got uh, like a bunch of people together, and now we are Soviet Union again. Very okay. small. We work out of basement right now. We're getting band back together. <laughs> You're going to love Soviet Union reunion tour. <laughs> the Soviet reunion tour. There was joke here, but I, I was talking too fast to figure it out. <laughs> oh, the Ron Algar Watt story. Uh-huh. Uh, all right. Why don't I get us started and talk about Meltdown, mm-hmm. which I thought was a Derek Powers episode, and I, I suppose it is. He's, but, but He's there. But there's a much bigger thing happening in this one that I completely forgot about and was delighted to see. Mm-hmm. Here we go. Terry's hanging out down by the docks, which we all know from every movie and TV show ever made, is where completely reputable things happen. When a truck marked toxic waste to dump in the harbor backs up so it can dump toxic waste in the harbor. Wait, how is this a Batman problem? Isn't that what Captain Planet is for? I mean, I assume so anyway. I have actually no idea because seriously, fuck Captain Planet. Mm Mm-hmm. Terry makes quick work of the polluters and snatches a throwback flip phone from one of them, eventually working out how to operate the archaic button-based technology labeled Speed Dial. Yes, hello, this is Derek Powers, the evil murdering billionaire, (laughs) says a smooth, smarmy voice on the other end of the phone. We got him, Terry says excitedly. We definitely caught him red-handed this time for sure. Which just makes me think of every single day during the last president's administration. Mm -hmm. But hey, at least this evil billionaire has a crumbling face that exposes a glowing skeleton. 
Powers is not actually as happy about this as you or I might be for some inexplicable reason. <laughs> but fortunately, he has someone on staff who might be able to help. Enter Dr. Stephanie Lake, living proof that Gotham City still knows how to grow a good mad scientist. Dr. Lake's research points to some promising developments in covering glowing skeletons with skin that won't crumble technology, and it's ready for human trials. And as it happens, Wayne Powers already has in its possession the perfect human for said trials. Yes, apparently the preserved head of Victor Freeze has been living in some corporate basement somewhere all this time, perfectly alive, awake, and in constant pain. I mean, yeah, you don't throw something like that away. Who knows when you might need an animate human head that just moans, Nora, Nora, all the time. Hey, it turns out that now is when you might need that. <laughs> so Dr. Lake grows Victor a new body. And he begins going on a long tour to apologize to every surviving security guard, an unfortunate victim of collateral freeze ray damage personally. This might take a while, but Victor's a pretty decent dude, and I'm sure he'll actually go through with it as long as his body doesn't start reverting to its original cold-dependent form, which, hey, here's another way Gotham hasn't changed much in the last 50 years, because that's exactly what happens. Fortunately, Victor had his coolest-looking Mr. Freeze suit yet stashed away someplace, which he promptly avails himself of. Then he tries to blow up a Wayne Powers building with himself inside because, oh, you know, every agonizing moment is torture for me, blah, blah, blah. Cry me a glacier, Victor. Terry tries to talk him out of it, but then a mysterious glowing skeleton who calls himself Blight, but stage whisper, it's actually Derek Powers, kids, don't tell Batman, shows up and begins zapping Victor with radiation. Oh no, that might kill me, says Victor, pushing his face directly into the beam. <laughs> but then he sees Batman having his ass handed to him, and remember, pretty decent dude under all of this, shoves Blight out of the way so he can die alone when the building explodes. Which happens. Hey, that all sucked, says Terry as the dust settles. I wasn't able to save that sympathetic bad guy, and there's also some crazy powerful new guy who outclasses me in every measurable way. Yeah, Bruce says with a weird gleam in his eye. Being Batman is great, huh? Uh, is this the last time we see uh, Mr. Freeze? Do you know? It, uh, cr chronologically, yes, it is. I think they had produced the direct-to-video movie that we've already reviewed after this, but that mm -hmm. happened, you know, timeline-wise happened yeah, yeah, before yeah. this. So he might be dead, or it might just be they didn't bring him back. Mm -hmm. Or, uh... I don't believe anyone in any comic book slash comic book related uh, media story dies when a building falls on them, or they fall in water. Those well, things just... They never die that way. Well, especially since Victor's had, like, 18 buildings fall on him. Like, that was how every Mr. Freeze episode ended for a while. No, sometimes he fell in the river or, <laughs> you know. Sometimes he fell in the river. Yeah, or Gotham Bay or whatever. Remember, he was just sort of drifting there with uh, fake Walt Disney? Mm-hmm. How's it going, Walt Disney? That <laughs> yeah, sucks, doesn't it? <laughs> Oral Kern. <laughs> I think that is the intellectual property of a different company, so you can't have it. Ha, ah, how does it feel? I've taken everything from you, Walt Disney. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was, it's, it's great that, first of all, they waited like five episodes to bring back any yep. of Batman's guys, and they, I, we've talked about this, they don't do it a lot. No, and the temptation to do it's got to be huge, so like, oh, I sure. really appreciate that, that like, they only do it, like, they do it rarely, you know? I think they do it, like, once a season, uh, roughly. Maybe mm -hmm. maybe there's, like, four, but it's not that many. And uh, every time there's, like, a good, uh, you know, I mean, Mr. Freeze is the obvious choice yeah. because he doesn't age, and they dealt with that back in the, like, this isn't a retcon, this has always been true. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, as long as part of him is still, like, uh, you know, intact, mm -hmm. he's alive. Well, I mean, they basically said, like, you know, he's immortal and he, like, you know, 
is in basically cryo frozen. So like, yeah, like he makes sense, you know, like I like yeah, seeing I... these guys, but like, you know, you can't just have like the old Riddler show up and be like, ah, I'm on the old Riddler. Mm-hmm. Here's the ancient penguin to join me. <laughs> we're back. Very old. <laughs> now, if they were sitting up in, in the box like uh, Waldorf and Statler, that would be okay. That would be amazing. Yeah. Just I never knew how badly I wanted that until now. <laughs> Just the penguin criticizing everyone's interior decorating. Your couch looks like shit. <laughs> <laughs> and the Riddler talking about how uh, how not smart Terry is. <laughs> that said, yes, uh, the the actual joke that Amanda made last week, which mm. was very funny about Terry not quite figuring out ink, uh, was replayed uh, via Bruce in this episode. Mm-hmm. Where uh, the the radiation of blight uh, completely fries the the suit's cameras, so he's like Terry, uh, there's something very hot there. Thanks, Bruce. <laughs> and Terry's, Terry getting punched in the face by that very thing. It's like you don't say. World's greatest detective, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> World's greatest detective. Mm-hmm. But uh, the DC Wiki does point out, and that's why I, I called this out in my summary that uh, he doesn't actually know it's Derek Powers yet, and that's that's valid mm-hmm. because. Yeah, why? How would he know that? that? That glowing skeleton doesn't look like any billionaire I know. Mm-hmm. I and I hang out with a billionaire all the time. Yeah, I think I know what a billionaire's glowing skeleton looks like. Thank you. I certainly know what a billionaire skeleton looks like because <laughs> he's ninety thousand years old. Oh god! See now, just take the skin off and glow, and that's what he'll look like. Yeah, I guess so. Would make it easier to get around the cave. Mm-hmm. Pretty dark in there. Uh huh. Uh, but yeah, it was great. It was great seeing uh, Vic come back. Really, this is your good thing. I mean, it is. This is a great return for for uh, Mister Freeze. Like the hell mm-hmm. that he has been that has been living for fifty years as a head, mm-hmm. apparently in someone's closet. Yeah. The the despair over all the horrible stuff he's done, like the flowers for Algernon ending, and he still can't die. I love this. Yeah, I love that. That's his motivation in in the third act. This is this is just a you know. Uh, this is my kids love Batman Beyond, mm-hmm. and actually, it's also my quote. So I'll just I'll drop that in here. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is him talking about uh, what he thinks about. Take a good look, Doctor. I've been like this for nearly fifty years, and I haven't aged one day. I have become what many men have dreamed of—an immortal. And yet, there hasn't been a day, an hour, a minute. I haven't thought about death. It obsesses me, even now. Which, you know, again, this is the one they made for kids, remember? Yep. This is the one the network said, let's let's push something with a teen and, and, and really appeal to the hashtag youth. Why can't I die? Death. All I think about is death. The infinite void would be a blessing on this poor, poor man. Radical, the whole, dude! <laughs> the whole, th- a shway, excuse uh-huh. me. The whole third act is just Victor wanting to die. Uh-huh. That's so good. Please, for the love of God. Uh-huh. As a head in a jar, I envy the dead. <laughs> Interesting if true. Uh-huh. Um, but this is also the first appearance of uh Blight properly like yep. he call he he goes around quoting the Bible. Uh-huh. Which includes the word blight, and he's like, uh yeah, blight. What I'll I, blight. I henceforth I shall be known as Darth Vader. Uh-huh. I love a supervillain just picking his name scene because it's always just like, I don't know, I'll be uh, I don't uh, the Mad Hatter, I guess. Well, and well, I mean, he picked it out of the only book he ever read, 
But let's I, see. I could be the Mad Hatter, the March Hare, or uh-huh. this small king. <laughs> but they didn't, um, like, because this character is new and original to this show, they didn't have to bend over backwards to either make sense of something from 50 years mm-hmm. ago in comics or pretend they don't like something from 50 years ago yeah. in comics. Like, this is this is new, so they could do whatever they want. Yeah, so. he's just a billionaire whose skin fell off. Tale as old as time. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I, it's going to happen to Lex. Spoilers for Justice League. All right, that's pretty funny. Yeah. <sighs> but yeah, he's he's what I like is not just crazy powerful now. It's making him completely insane. Mm-hmm. He does not care for it. And that's what pushes them to um to to start this research with uh, with Victor. Yeah. And I love I love the mad scientist lady just walking in like uninvited mm-hmm. in this presumably top secret board meeting because they're talking about his, you know, his skin falling yep. off, which is I, I, I feel like no. that's probably not uh, company knowledge. Like he didn't send out an email like, hey, everybody, by the way. No. And here's one of his top researchers just walking in the room and saying, oh, you got a problem? I can fix that. I like, like the idea that uh, like the rumor mill has been going at uh, at uh, Wayne Powers. Just, you hear the boss's skin fell off? Oh, yeah. Like, um. Like, oh, shit, what is that thing? A slack has been yep. blowing up, as mm. the kids say. <clears throat> but um, the, this is actually a, a hey, it's that guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dr. Lake is uh, the Terminator's own Linda Hamilton. Oh, wow, that's awesome. Which was cool. She Linda was Hamilton she was very rules. good. Yeah, she was, um, like, they, uh, she's she's like that, that song. She's got a short skirt and a long jacket. Mm-hmm. But uh, she she comes in looking like somebody's, you know, sexy girl on their arm. And then she's like, oh, yeah, by the way, I can grow a body. Yep. So, all right, good. Good for you. And it's it's a good use of the character where they're like, yeah, we got this head in the jar. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Excuse me. Well, yeah, and, and, and Powers definitely, like, there there's no way Bruce knew about that or yeah. he would have done something about it. But Powers absolutely was like, yeah, we might we might have a use for this someday. Mm-hmm. Let's let's just squirrel that away. I just I love the idea that like Blight just bought bought him. <laughs> yeah, and bought next, him in an and, auction. And and next on our criminal auction, we have the living head of Victor Freeze. Can I die now? Shut up. <laughs> Hit me with the mallet, please. Anything. It's called a gavel. <laughs> Victor, please smile for the nice people. <laughs> Blow them kisses. <laughs> <sighs> I haven't I... had lips in 30 years. <laughs> you ever touch your tongue to a pole? My whole face is like that. <laughs> uh, my good thing. Yes. I love, this is this is legit. I love watching Terry go through all the emotions that Bruce did with Victor mm-hmm. all those years ago. Like, Bruce is old and bitter now, and these guys, he's gone through this so many times where he wants them to be better, and he trusts them, and they just fuck him over again and again and yeah. again. So he's just, he, he does, there's like, mm, no, I don't. I don't care for that. Yeah, trust me. I've but, seen this a million times. But Terry still has that ability to see good in people that was Bruce's strength in his younger mm-hmm. days. And there's a moment at the end where he's like, uh, I guess you were right about Freeze. And Bruce says, we both were. Mm-hmm. And kid, that's the closest you're going to get to like a, a compliment from him. Yeah. You better you better recognize that for what it is. He he said you were half right. Uh-huh. Usually he's just says he's all right. Yeah. No, you weren't right about Victor. I was right. Shut up, kid. Yeah. I love it so much. Like it's such a great like indicator of where Bruce is right now. Yeah, he he doesn't want to be this bitter. He wants the kid to be right. Yeah, but you know, 
Well, that was one of the things I. That's one of the things I love about Batman in general is that 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 need to like you know help these people. Like no matter how horrible it gets, like he's always just like Victor. For God's sakes, let me help you. You know. Yeah, and and his original motivation is selfish, but mm-hmm. yeah, ultimately it does come down to helping people yeah. when when the right people are writing him anyway. Mm-hmm. But like and, in fifty years, would like everyone he knows is just left, and it's just like uh, no. He's going to suck, too, like everyone sucks. The only good person is this dog. Mm-hmm. I suppose I will tolerate this child, but mm-hmm. he will betray me as well. Yep, it's only a matter of time. Mm-hmm. Right, Terrence? <laughs> what the fuck is Terrence? Mm-hmm. But I um, I, I do genuinely enjoy that, and I, I like Terry. You know, like, sometimes they play it a little naive, like, that's, that's one angle on it, but another is he's... Life hasn't beaten him down. He's still got a heart in there. Well, and for like a little while, it looks good for Victor. You know, like he's yeah. like he's got a real body. He's got a girl who who is being nice to him. Like he's out there yeah. apologizing to all these people that he's like wronged. He's starting the Nora Freeze Foundation, mm-hmm. which named after, by the way, probably his late ex-wife at this point. But first, she divorced him. She sure she sure did. I remember that. Yep. Like, uh, she ran off with someone else, so he's still carrying a torch for her after all this time. And she put, like, I remember she was, li- like, they have him say at some point, like, she wanted to put the work in to try and, like, make something happen between the two of them. And he just kept going, Nora, mm-hmm. I'm sad and cold. I Okay, here's I... a blanket and, like, a funny movie. Okay. No. <laughs> We, we, we can work with this. We'll start therapy and, you know, like, mm-hmm. it, it's not great, but, like, people have come back from worse. No. Yeah. But also, that was when he went on his whole, I want to take things away from everyone because mm-hmm. I lost everything tear. Yeah. So, like, he's already presumably had a little time to think about mm-hmm. this. And he's still, he's still, like, naming his... Uh, a charitable foundation after her. I just picture him in his closet spending 50 years staring at a stain on the wall. Mm-hmm. I mean, what else is he going to do? First 50 years, those were the worst. <laughs> then the second 50 years, those were the worst, too. This cold patch all down my left side. <laughs> so did you ever come up with a bad thing? No. I really like this episode. I got nothing. The closest I got was, like, I felt kind of bad that Bruce was like this now, but, like... They executed that so well, I couldn't even, like, try and and make that a bad thing. No, it really comes off, like I said, at the end, when he's like, okay, you know what? You weren't wrong yeah. to have hope. That's that's not a bad thing. I'm, I'm not going to berate you for wanting to believe in someone. Mm-hmm. And that's, again, as close as you're going to get to praise from this guy. Yeah. No, this is but, just a great episode, you know? Yeah, it really is. And And, again, like, it's all about Victor, but you also get... Like the the realization that's been sort of boiling in the background for five episodes of of blight, yeah. Like he's he's a full on named supervillain now with a you know like he's been seen in his true mm-hmm. form, like shooting blasts at people, which I think is new. I don't think he's done that yet. <laughs> pew pew. Yep. Yeah, they've done a great job of uh, of uh, giving him like an arc. Like it's it's like the two face arc, but just stretched over five episodes. Yeah, they, well, I I believe we're now getting into the period where television was dipping its toe in, you know, like Deep Space Nine was doing mm-hmm. occasional, like, multi-episode arcs, and uh, there were other shows doing it at this point. Yeah. Buffy was doing stuff like that, and they were like, yeah, why not us? Yeah. 
this is how comic books work. You have your main story that is done in one, but then you have sort of a subplot that's mm. burning in the background for five or six episodes. Yeah, keeps people coming back. Yeah. And it gives you the feeling of, of continuity, but also it's done in a way that if you miss one, you can still figure out what's oh, yeah. going on. Like when we get to when we get to the full on like uh, Justice League the uh, the the whole Cadmus arc, if you miss one, you're fucked. Yeah, which is fine. Like that's good too. Mm-hmm. But but this is this is done in a way where you can kind of have it both ways. Where if it's on in syndication and you you're catching it out of order or whatever, you you'll still figure it yeah. out. Well, and by the time Justice League came out, like DVDs were a thing. You know, like people were buying yeah. like box sets and just watching everything. I know I was. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, my bad thing. Yes. Uh, when Freeze appears to be trying to adjust to his new normal life, Terry describes him as a guy trying to get his house in order. Mm-hmm. To which Bruce replies, it's a cold draft that blows through that house. Ugh, shut up, Bruce. I've Look, I've had a lot of time to sit around my mansion writing poems. <laughs> my dog likes them. Here's... No, he doesn't. He's hiding his face with his paws. Here's one I wrote last night. <clears throat> the Bat. <clears throat> Oh, boy. The bat sat on the mat. (laughs) I saw this one on Sesame Street a long time ago. No, it's an original composition. Oh, all right then. Oh, man. (laughs) Um, well, I suppose I can do my In the Future, which is, uh, yeah, you could just grow someone an entire new body. Good for them. Which they kind of gloss over because they got to get the plot going, Mm -hmm. and I understand that, but, like, really... That's huge. It's it's a new body, and it's one body they transfer his brain into. Like, they don't just, like, stick yeah. his head on, like, a new body or something, you know? No, they don't make an artificial body. They basically clone an entire new Victor yeah. that they can put his mind into, which is insane. When does my hair does... start to grow back? Don't worry about it. No, see, you're following Captain Picard rules. If you're a clone of a bald person, you are bald. Yep, that makes sense. Uh-huh. Can I at least be Tom Hardy? No. No, I'm sorry. Not as sorry as I am. I <laughs> wanted to be Tom Hardy. So sad. Nora! So sad. Uh-huh. I will never be Tom Hardy. God, this voice is fun to do. <laughs> See, I prefer to put to cup my hands over my mouth because it gives you this this effect. Yes, but he got rid of his helmet. Oh fuck. Oh, that's true. He the new Mr. Freeze armor, by the way. Fucking yeah. rules. Oh, yeah. No, I said that in my summary. It's like his best one because they took away the pink gloves, first yep. of all. Well, and he's got like his head's like in shadow now. Yeah. Oh, that, there's so much more sort of. Well, you said he looks way more Mignola. Yeah, we were talking on, on Twitter this morning and like they for a character who was designed by Mike Mignola, they Mignola mm-hmm. the crap out of him. Yeah, they they definitely emphasize the shadows and the like the, the you know if it were drawn like the inks mm-hmm. I don't know what you call it in animation but the same you know the same idea yeah. the dark lines and yeah a lot more just a lot more black a lot more shadows mm-hmm. like the the suit itself is sort of dark blue and black and just everything's black on black and it's very good I wa- I built this years ago to fight Batman but then my body fell off and I couldn't <laughs> put it on anymore I forgot his body fell off. <laughs> It's where? not the first time you've used that turn of phrase, and it still delights me. Where did it go? Mm-hmm. Look under the couch. <laughs> this is so. Oh no, the couch, the couch fell in the river. Oh no, Nora, uh, have you seen my body? Where did you last have fu- it? <laughs> Retrace your steps. Uh, 
I put it down on the coffee table. Well, it's not there now. No, I know that. <laughs> there was also, like, for all the bleak, like, you know, him talking about death and mm-hmm. everything, there were a couple of good um, uh, moments of levity with um, Powers, like, uh, handlers, like his his um, his lackeys. Mm-hmm. Where at the end, after like they're they're gathering him up, like because he's just fought Mister Freeze, and they're like, "We brought you a blanket." <laughs> Get out of here with that, you fools! Yeah, ah, oh, it's so good. Uh, I'm really enjoying this whole villain thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're already rich. <laughs> uh, sorry, boss. We just thought, ah, that's your first problem, fools. Mm-hmm. Ooh, that's that's a sign you've gone from uh, normal evil to full-on supervillainy is calling people fools. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm amazed he didn't just go with the Skeletor voice, given that he's already a skeleton. Right? Every you ta- fools! It's so weird seeing a normal guy's voice. Co- it's like Rudy all over again. Just uh. like a normal guy voice coming out of like a glowing green skeleton. Well, he still sounds smart and, and you know, like, cruel. Mm-hmm. But like... I know what an evil skeleton sounds like. I've known for many years what an well, evil Well, you know skeleton. what that is. In fairness, I don't that's not an evil skeleton. That's an evil skull on top of a very ripped flesh body. <laughs> you know what? You're right about that. He's not a full skeleton. There was a skeleton in He-Man and he didn't sound like Skeletor. Was there? Yeah, he was the glow in the dark skeleton. Oh. I mean, that doesn't surprise me, but I don't remember that one. I need to if... why don't I own more glow in the dark skeletons? I don't know. I own a lot of skeletons, including my own. But none of them mm. glow in the dark. Well, it's good that you own your own skeleton. Not everyone has that, that luxury. That's true. Yeah. I mean, I rent mine. <laughs> Someone could just evict me from my skeleton at any point. <laughs> my body would fall off. Wait, or would they evict your skeleton from you? How does that work? I'm well. It's not conscious. It's not a. It's not a like a, a sentient being. That's probably good. I'd be the one. It's well, I mean, very I don't... wet in here. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Do you want me to? I don't know. Get you some paper towels or something. <laughs> Need to soak up all your blood. Mm-hmm. All right. I mean, Here's fair. Here's the shop vac. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Anything else? Uh, no. I didn't have a whole lot of notes for this one. I think I was just watching it. Yeah, I mean, that happens sometimes. Yeah. It's like, oh, this is very good. Yep. Well, yeah, sure is. The show is so much better than, like, nobody ever talks about it, and it's insane to me. Yep. That said... Every time I tweet about the show, it definitely sort of picks up more like strangers and randos than talking about the other shows. Well, there is, good. there is uh, like a contingent of people who are super into this show. They're just not, you know, I don't think as many of them as as the other shows. Mm-hmm. But uh, but I am glad that there's, you know, it's kind of like watching people gradually come around to Deep Space Nine, yeah. where it's like, oh, good, you people are discovering this via streaming, and yes, it is great. Well, I imagine a lot of people were like, I, were like I was, and just thought it was dumb. And then, yeah. but like, unlike me, they didn't have a podcast to eventually watch it on. Mm-hmm. And and a co-host like, no, no, trust me, mm-hmm. come come with me, yeah. trust me, I'm taking you somewhere worthwhile. Uh, and and honestly, one of the things I really like, and and this will sort of lead us into the next episode, mm-hmm. is we've done. So if you count the premiere as one, we've done five episodes so far, and they're all completely different. Yep. Like we've like. They will fall into a pattern like all of them mm-hmm. do. They will be sort of a, you know, a standard Batman Beyond template at a certain point. But so far, we got the big origin, and then we got, like, uh, a, a brand new supervillain, and then we got, like, a Terry's uh, classmate becomes a villain, and then we got mm-hmm. an old Batman guy, and 
then we got this next one, which is basically just cut from whole cloth from another company's ideas. Well, yeah, and the other thing I've really been enjoying is it's so different than Batman and Superman, you know? Yes. Like, it's so, everything is new, you know? But it's it's different in many ways. Like mm-hmm. what I like, they could have come up with one formula that worked. But like I say, each of these five stories is so different, yeah. and I love that. So uh, why don't you tell us about heroes? All right. So Batman's chasing some budget-packed goons through Gotham when they are apprehended by Gotham's newest super team, a stretchy guy, an invisible lady, and well, here's the thing: <laughs> a big rock guy made of lava. Together they are. The Terrific Three. And there's something weirdly familiar about these fantastic individuals, true believer. Terry's happy to see more costume good guys in town because, frankly, he's busy enough. But Bruce doesn't trust them because he's Bruce and has 80 years of abandonment issues from everyone he's ever met who isn't his dog. Two young Moppets, or possibly Muppets, I'm not up on all of this newfangled future speech, watch the Terrific Three's origin story. Which is that they're scientists who were exposed to some kind of cosmic radiation. Cosmic radiation. And become superheroes. The Terrific Three quickly become very popular with the city, foiling a kidnapping, but still lamenting their status as freaks. The rock guy is especially upset because he can no longer touch his lady friend, and also his dick fell off. Oh no. Their friend and manager, the Alex Cabot of the group, Hodges, tells them that they're going to be cured, and then reviews his findings on their DNA, which is that their DNA is actively breaking down, and that they're dying, and also going insane. Nuff said! Hodges informs some general of this, and the general tries to have the trio murdered. That doesn't go great. Rock Guy breaks into their old lab and steals the DNA evidence. And then he and Batman fight for a while before Rock Guy escapes by thoroughly whooping Terry's ass. The three, three unite and realize that Hodges set them up. Technically, I only set up Rock Guy, Hodges says. I was trying to murder you so that I could hook up with Invisible Ice Lady. What about me? asks Stretchy Guy, but nobody cares about him enough to say anything. <laughs> everyone fights, Batman shows up, and Rock Guy threatens to kill everyone in the city. Shit, says Terry. I was on their side until they tried to kill thousands of people. Then he sucks Stretchy Guy and Invisible Ice Girl into a fan because Terry McGinnis does not, and I cannot stress this enough, fuck around. Mm-hmm. He kills Rock Guy by punching him with Al's favorite superhero weapon, a hose, and Ugh. then leaves Hodges alone with his guilt. Or, knowing what I know about Hodges, his complete lack of guilt. Another supervillain defeated with water. Mm-hmm. I mean, not a supervillain, but you know. No, come on. <laughs> Just a rock guy trying his best. I honestly, I like, I, 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 this is sacrilege. I like this version of the thing, like visually. Mm-hmm. I, I am not as familiar with his like 70 years of, of comic history, mm-hmm. but uh, just visually, I like the magma touch. Oh, yeah. Well, it's got, it's a good look because he's just, he's like a black clay face with like red running through him. It's a good look. Yeah, and it's got that nice sort of glowing effect. Mm-hmm. Like it works which, really well for this show. Yeah, it 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 sort of uh, complements the whole Batman, like you know, the black suit with like the red uh, glowing highlights. Mm-hmm. Um, but they also put uh, like, and this is my good thing. Yeah, but it's also my bad thing. I'll I'll just go into both of these. Uh, they do a great job of distilling the things whole deal into a one-off twenty-minute episode of someone else's show. Yep. <laughs> like the curse of not being able to touch things. The 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 child. That, that recoils in horror yep. when she's been rescued, and she's like, get it away from me, it's a monster. Like they, This team is very good at using comic book shorthand to get their point across, so it's like, we know exactly what his deal is, and yep. we've never seen this character before, and we never will again, but we care about yep. him. I, I love that whole bit where he's like, they save the day and everything, but the kid still does, like, it's just like, that's horrible. And that must have happened with Ben Grimm 30 or 40 oh, times. all the time. Yeah, and it's it's just a good 
it distills you down to exactly what it's about. Mm -hmm. But that said, the other two don't have much in the way of character. Like, because they made the thing also the science guy, which is fine. Um, I want to get to that in a sec anyway. Without being the science guy, fake Reed is just some balding stretch dude, and Freon is just the girl that one guy was jealous that the other guy had. Like, she's basically a prize, and that's not great. Mm -hmm. Um, I love that they made uh they made the Reed character the thing. Like the yeah. the scientist who like he can't like uh he's married. Yeah, he can't pick up his precision uh science instruments anymore with his big rock hands. Yeah, he's there's a part where he's like I let me let me let me help I a scientist guy and the other guy's like no you're a horrible giant monster and you melt everything. Mhm. Oh, well, that does happen. And I, I love I love that they ha- he's the one that's married to uh uh Freon. And mm-hmm. like they can't touch or anything because like, yeah, they're yeah, basically... fire and ice. Yeah, exactly. Like it's really good. Yeah, it is. They they put some thought into it. Like it is. It is absolutely one hundred percent a pure ripoff. And I was reading about, uh, as with the other DC animated shows, they had a uh, comic spinoff of this mm-hmm. based in this universe, drawn in this style. And when they tried to make another story with these guys, Marvel's like, all right, enough's enough. Yeah. You can do an animated version of this, but when you print a comic with a ripoff Fantastic Four, this is where we draw the line, guys. Also, you put the world's greatest comic magazine at the top of the issue. Like, what? Do you think we weren't <laughs> going to notice? Uh, but I do like that this was okay. Uh, this was like, all right, yeah. fine. We steal from each other all the time. We'll we'll allow this. Well, but... when I created the Terrific Three back in 1966 uh, with no uh-huh. help from anybody. Yeah. Let, let's uh, let's relitigate the whole uh, Doom Patrol X-Men thing. Stan. Uh. Yeah. But, you know, it's it's uh, like it's very clearly even to people who don't like read a lot of comics, Mm -hmm. you know, oh, I've seen this before, but it's not in a bad way. They just if if Terry McGinnis is Spider-Man and he absolutely is. Mm -hmm. Oh, we'll get to that in a sec. Who else in this world also exists that are sort of Marvel analogs, but but different enough that they belong here. And and like you say, they change things enough that it's interesting Mm -hmm. and it puts a new spin on it. So. Yes. Um, but uh, your good thing kind of ties into what I was just saying. Yeah, so on top of everything else, um, this episode has a direct riff in this uh, in this already pretty Marvel Comics episode where mm-hmm. uh, Terry lifts the big heavy thing like Spider-Man does. Mm-hmm. And um, I know that scene pretty well, and like it looks like they traced actual Ditko panels to draw it. Like, it looks exactly like that scene from the comic book. Oh, yeah. Like, if you guys are trying to be subtle about uh, Terry being Spider-Man, uh, you have failed miserably, and I love it. I mean, there's nothing subtle no. about superheroes. There never has been. This is not a subtle genre. <laughs> That's fine. But, you know, these two companies have been ripping each off, ripping off each other for years, oh, yeah. and it's, you know, it's a little ballsy that they just did all that. Yep. And, yeah, like you said, the, also that Spider, very famous Spider-Man mm-hmm. moment. Ugh. I just, I'm watching but, them like, hey, wait, it's like, well, this looks very uh, familiar. Oh, okay, they're doing the Spider-Man thing. Oh, God, they're just do, they're just tracing panels. Okay, cool. Yeah. And I think, I, I don't remember, honestly, in the rest of this series, they do a couple of other Marvel things, mm. but this is the most blatant one. Yeah. This is the one that always stands out in my mind. Well, I mean, it's all, like, it's all over this. Like, the Terrific Three live in, like, three Freedoms Plaza, for God's sakes. Yeah, and they have a, they have a car mm-hmm. that very much looks like the, the terrific car. Yep. Now it's nice that uh, in this in this world everybody's car flies, so that's slightly less interesting. Yeah, 
That's true, but it's still the design of it looked very much like okay, I've seen this. Mm-hmm. I've seen this. And the guy who sort of sabotages like I've seen versions of the Fantastic Four where that's Doctor Doom, mm-hmm. where he was supposed to go with them and he's the one that, that fucked the experiment up yep. or whatever. And they were probably riffing on that, I would mm-hmm. assume. But uh, All he needs that was is my an exploded face. Yep. Well, that was my hey, it's that guy is that guy. Howard Hodges is this is like all of the terrific trio were actually people who had been in a lot of things mm-hmm. like like sitcoms and movies and stuff that people would recognize, but nothing I personally would recognize. So I didn't care about any of that. Uh, Howard Hodges was played by Kevin Dunn, who played Ben in V. Oh, God, like, that's right. So that that delighted me because I love me some Veep. Mm-hmm. That's your that's rules. All. Yeah. Talk about your just your your bleak, hopeless, like, you know, mm-hmm. horrible, cynical show. I learned a lot about American politics watching that show. Yeah, you sure did. And not just that uh, the the vice president doesn't work in the White House. Mm hmm. No, they give him the they call it the old executive bill. Like the, the, the it's it, right in the name. It's the old one. Mm-hmm. They give him the old building. Here, have some ah, trash. Give, have some hand me downs. Mm-hmm. We have the nice one now. Gee, thanks. Yep. Um, what was your bad thing? Uh, apparently the Hitler mustache makes a big comeback, which um, actually is probably inevitable now that I think about it. Yeah, it sure is. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if they're riffing on Marvel and they make the authority figure look like J. Jonah James. That's true. You know, it's just that if that's what been... they were doing, they didn't do it enough. I feel like that he I, I could be I'm totally speculating here, but it feels like he is an amalgam of uh, General Thunderbolt Ross and uh, and J. Jonah. Yeah, James. that makes a lot of sense. Just because there's a there's a dick general in Marvel Comics mm-hmm. and also a guy with a Hitler mustache. So. I got to fuck up the Hulk. R- really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I hate him. OK. All right. I guess that's well, your he just thing. wants to be, just wants to be left alone. Yeah. No, I'll never I'll- leave him alone. Honestly, that was uh, I was going to mention this in the in the freeze episode. There's a tiny bit of a Hulk. It might have been when he was standing over his own grave, mm-hmm. which reminded me of the old 70s show. Oh, yeah. But there's a point where the guy's like, you, you ruined my life. I just want to be left alone. You know, like it just made me feel like, yep, he was the Hulk. But, Leave so. Hulk alone. Mm-hmm. Hulk just want to hang out. Be cool. <laughs> Hulk smash puny blight. <laughs> or. Uh... Mm-hmm. Um, let's see what else. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, so let's talk about uh, Terry's little brother Matt. Oh yeah, who is a delight. He he's got that look of like Mr. Mitzias Pitlick, where he looks like he belongs on a different show. Yeah, he got here from like a kid, like a uh, like a, a a TV show for small children. Yeah, exactly. But it still fits this world mostly. Mm-hmm. But I like it, and he's got a little bastard friend, as you said, Muppets or Moppets, something, something like know. that. But uh, this ties into your quote. Oh, yeah, let's play this now. This is very funny to me. We warn viewers that the tape we're about to show may be too intense for children. Turn it up! Yeah, no, that was very good. And also them just very much saying, yeah, you can you can throw as many warnings on things as you want. Yeah, but, we don't uh, care. Come on. You know children are just going to watch whatever. Oh, geez, they put a warning at the beginning of South Park. I better not watch it. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure it was as true for me growing up in the 80s as you in the 90s. Mm-hmm. When you see that, that means it's good. Yeah. Oh, this that is means a rule. That doesn't mean don't watch. That means definitely watch. It's like it's like a sign in a video game that says don't go in this door. Well, obviously the next part of the game is in that door. Yeah. I'm going in that door. Yeah. I want to see what's in the thing. Yeah. 
not the thing. He's no. made of magma. <laughs> uh, don't worry about it. Mm-hmm. And his name is what was it? I wrote it down and forgot. Uh, well, his uh, his thing name was Magma. That's it. That's yeah. what. It, okay. Yeah. On account um, of all the magma I made out of. Right. Uh, and he doesn't sound like that because he's a scientist. Yeah. Also, I believe you thought he was Ron Perlman, but he wasn't. Yeah, he wasn't. Yeah. Got a real Ron Perlman voice going on. Oh, here. no, he absolutely did. And I mean, he's Ron got Perlman's that... been on here before. Yeah. Playing no, he's got he's And uh, Jack Sir. Yeah. But he's, uh, Ron Perlman has that thing where he can sound like a tough guy like that, but also you buy that he would be intelligent. Like, he's got, he mm-hmm. can, that's a hard line to walk. Oh, yeah. Where you can sound big and menacing, but also carry off, like, techno babble. As a, as a respectable scientist type. Mm. Uh, Terry has a moment where he's like, I thought the armies, I thought the army were good guys too. Yeah. Like, oh, Terry, you sweet nice Terry, child. Terry, that's, that's, that's beautiful. Yeah. Sweetie. Like, it's just like what I was saying in the last episode. I'm glad he's got a heart, but life has to teach him a few things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> also, you mentioned this in your summary, but mm-hmm. I think we need to talk about this a little more. The brutal way that... Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> That uh, Freon and um, Stretchy Guy, uh, 2D Man. 2D Man, Stretchy uh, prob- Guy's fine, let's be real. Probably die? Oh, yeah, they get sucked into a fucking fan. Yeah, like she's made of mist at that point, mm-hmm. and the fan just sort of dissipates her, and he's just like a ribbon that's chopped up. Yeah, it's fucking brutal. Yeah, it's bad. It's real, real bad. Like, I watched it, I'm like, well, clearly they survived that. No. I mean, they don't appear again. No. And Marvel wouldn't let them appear in the comics, so as far as we know, they're dead. Yeah, those fuckers are dead. Yep. Because, again, Terry uh, does not have the regard for human life that uh, Batman <laughs> did. Well, that's because he's grown up in a world where the news says, this is violent, don't watch it. And he's mm-hmm. like, fuck you, I'm going to watch it. There's a, there's a so bit now he's desensitized. Yeah, exactly. There's a bit when he's fighting the jetpack guys, and um, one of their uh, jetpacks goes out of control. Like, what happens if you're wearing a jetpack? Yeah. Uh, and he just goes flying into a sign and explodes. Uh, excuse me, a billboard for communism. Yes, the communism advertisement. Yes. But yeah, you're right. He, he probably just uh, exploded on impact. Excuse me, comrade. Do you want to buy communism? Mm-hmm. Uh, how would I buy it if it's communism? Don't worry about it. It is available. That seems a little capitalist to me. <laughs> if I, if I want to, if uh, I'm... It's great. Don't worry about it. <laughs> oh, well, this guy says don't worry about uh, it. Oh, yeah. If there's something I definitely don't worry about, it's anything someone in a Russian accent tells me not to worry about. Hey, Ernie, you want to buy O? <laughs> it costs you just nickel. <laughs> uh, I don't know, uh, Bert told me to watch out for the Rusky threat. <laughs> Bert says a lot of things. You don't listen to Bert. He likes pigeons too much. You listen to me. I get you O. <laughs> I get you O and add on P for no extra cost. Oh, then I could spell Po <laughs> and Poo if you give me two O's. I will not give you two O's. Oh. What, I look like I'm made of O? <laughs> the O sketch, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, there's so you, you mentioned this in your summary where they're watching uh, the thing about their DNA and the uh, animation on it. Like, this is one of those times where I'm glad it's sort of a, uh, like, a comic book reality mm-hmm. and not 
science because I don't want it to be what what I want to watch is that double helix like falling apart yep. like it's badly constructed yep. which I don't think makes any sense probably but it looks we all exactly like we oh, know yeah. what DNA is supposed to look like and we know what it's not supposed to look like and it really got the point across oh yeah so like, oh man this is really bad our DNA is exploding it's not supposed to untwist like that right like the DNA is straight now that's not good oh. It's supposed to be twisty. That's the thing about it. That's, that's bad, right? Yes, yes, that's bad. And now it looks like shredded wheat. That's that's, and that's in me, huh? That's uh, not good. Oh. Show me the regular guy's DNA again. Oh no, no. yeah, that's not good at all. You uh, you looking to buy uh, good DNA? <laughs> looking to buy DAN? <laughs> Come over, talk to me in shadows. Mm-hmm. Uh oh, you you. Actually, have something for uh, in the future. In the future, the Fantastic Four will finally do what I've been saying for almost forty years and get rid of Johnny. <laughs> so he's the one you don't like, it's huh? Just annoying, very annoying. Most people don't like Reed, but I think it's really funny to have an asshole scientist on your team. All right, I I always like the Venture Brothers take on him. Oh yeah, completely ignoring his wife mm-hmm. and oblivious to everything around him. What's the what's our son's name? Science. <laughs> also Stephen Colbert perfect choice mm-hmm. excellent just excellent yep uh, anything else I think that's everything I got let's see here yeah mm-hmm. alright very well that's the Russian guy yes again. of course mm-hmm. uh, I suppose that's all for this time then yeah. next time oh, we will get a full on Derek Powers episode because there's one called Shriek Ooh. wait excuse me Blight. He's Blight. Mm-hmm. I always mix up the one word name. Shriek <laughs> is a different guy. See, again, that you is should a... have grown up in the 90s. All the superheroes were named that stuff. Yeah, I know. This guy is another uh, villain, and uh, this is one of my favorite episodes. Like, he's a pretty good villain, but there's a Bruce moment in there that's just perfect. Oh, awesome. Uh, and Dead Man's Hand, uh, introducing your favorites, the uh, Royal Flush Gang. Hooray! Pretty sure. Yep. So, looking forward to that. Yeah. Uh, as ever, uh, the website uh, where you can uh, learn more about us and, and uh, download episodes and so forth is kidslovebatman.com. If you want to donate to our Patreon, we have now started reviewing episodes of uh, The Brave and the Bold, yep. which is a much better undertaking than what we were doing. Yep. First one goes uh, up uh, next month. Yeah, in the middle of January. Yep. So uh, it's patreon.com slash Algar. You can uh, uh, pledge as little as $1 and uh, get access to that and all the other stuff, that bonus stuff that we do for various shows. Yeah. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter. I am at Algar. I'm at Maggie Robots. And that's all for this time. Yeah. See you, folks. Twila, dregs. <laughs> for more information about this show and the people who make it, visit kidslovebatman.com. To provide financial support for this show and all of the shows produced by Algar Productions, consider a pledge at patreon.com slash Algar. That's double A-L-G-A-R. The Kids Love Batman podcast is a co-production of Maggie Robotham and Ron Algar-Watt. Copyright 2021, Algar Productions. Please don't sue us. We're just doing this for fun.